Hello everyone, welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church podcast. Today's message was given by Pastor Nick Davies on August 8th, 2021 during our Sunday evening service. We have services multiple times throughout the week that we would love to see you at. They are Sunday morning Bible study at 9.15 a.m., Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening service for adults at 6.30, and for the youth group at 6 o'clock p.m., and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get into it. Well, that was the message. Y'all can go home now. All right. No, that was good, Colby. Thank you for sharing. Um, he was, he hit the, the nail on the head when he said you sacrifice sleep out of camp. Um, I thought I was tired then, and then I had a baby. Now I'm tired. And I've got another one coming, so I'm going to be even more tired. So the next few years, you will get to compare that, maybe not a few years, I don't know, when you're planning on getting married and having babies, but eventually, hopefully, you get to experience the sleeplessest of childhood, or of parenthood, not childhood. All right, so um, one of the cool things about camp is that all the time in every activity, you get to share the gospel. Um, I love being a camp counselor. Nicole and I actually met in high school, but we were kind of reconnected out at camp. Uh, She always says she would have never dated me in high school. Um, You can ask her why. Um, But uh, yeah, love connection at camp. It was just, it was... Camp is an amazing place. It's, it's different than anywhere on earth to me um, because you really do sacrifice a lot, like Colby said, but it's a sacrifice. It's, you're, you're giving up your time for the glory of God. You're giving up your time to, to bring him glory and to share the gospel with kids who have heard it over and over again and have never repented and never accepted the gospel um, or have, have never heard it and for the first time get to hear it that summer. Um, and you get to teach them through nature and through the things that God created. Uh, which is what leads me to our message tonight. The gospel is the core of our existence as Christians. Because you heard the gospel at some point in your life and trusted in Jesus as your Savior, you are here today. Or if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I hope and pray that the Spirit is working on you and showing you your need for the gospel while you're here tonight. The gospel is humbling, convicting, empowering, life-giving, and powerful, all because it is the good news about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As scary as the reality is that admitting you have disobeyed the Creator God and deserve death, goodness doesn't come with freedom because that same holy and just God that has declared the penalty for sin is death is also loving and patient. I know that because I was given such a gift and I desire to share it with others. I know that I am a wretched sinner in need of a Savior, and thanks be to God who gave him to me. Which, as we've spoken about before, is a gift in and of itself to be able to share the gospel. That we, broken, dirty sinners, should be used by this perfect God to share and spread the good news with somebody else. It's a privilege and it's a responsibility. 
I've asked some Christians in the past how to share the gospel. We asked these things before we went on mission trips when I was a student. I wasn't the one asking, but was being asked in those moments and have been shocked by the amount of people that don't know. I don't know how to share the gospel. I've always followed that up, maybe not out loud, but in my heart, do you know what you're believing in if you don't know how to articulate it back to me? That's why we ask people before they get baptized if they know Jesus as their Savior. What does it mean? Really, the question is, what did Jesus do for you? When I ask you, do you know how to share the gospel? The question is, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do for you? That's the gospel. The gospel is what Jesus did for me. So tonight, I hope to remind you of the mandate that uh, God has given us to share the gospel and give you one practical way of doing it. It's a really simple way. It's not the only way, but it is a great way of sharing the gospel. To start off with, we must be reminded that sharing the good news is a command given to us. It's not an option. When we sign up to be a Christian, when we confess Christ as our Lord, one, we have the responsibility, but two, we should also have the desire to go out and share the gospel unto all the nations. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 20. This is the Great Commission, if you are familiar. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In this passage, in these three verses, we see a few things. Number one, Jesus has the authority, the ultimate authority, to give us this command. He, not too long ago, just died and raised himself from the dead, proving that he was, in fact, who he said he was, God in the flesh. And I don't know about you, but I would listen to a guy that just did that because he's probably more than just a guy. He is divine. He is God in the flesh. It's divine. It's outside the norm. And maybe what he said during his years in ministry are actually true. So he has demonstrated time and time again, even throughout the scriptures, that he has authority. But he again reiterates it here in verse 18. So number one, Jesus has the authority to give us this command. And the command, number two, is go and teach. Go and make disciples. Well, what do we teach? What do we go and teach? Well, he follows that up in verse 20 with teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Jesus says, go and teach people to observe whatever I've commanded you. We are called to teach and make disciples. As James 1.22 later says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We are to teach people not just what it says. You can memorize the whole Bible front, front to back. But if you never do anything that's inside of it, it's not making an impact on your life. The goal here is to share Jesus, share his teaching, share the good news he brought with him that we can be forgiven of our sins with the ending being that others can do the same thing to somebody else that they can follow up by making disciples. Make disciples that make disciples 
that make disciples. So one, Jesus has the authority. Two, he says go and teach. Number three, uh, what do we teach? Teach them to observe whatever I have commanded you. As Paul determined in his heart to do this in 1 Corinthians 2.2, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's our number one goal. Number four, who do we teach? The nations. We are to leave no stone unturned. All people groups, all nations, all languages need to hear the good news of Jesus. And we are still working on all languages being able to hear the gospel of Jesus. There are people in the world that do not have the Bible translated in their language. We're working on it. It's taking time, but they're doing it. Seems like quite a daunting task, right? Well, yes, it is. And it would be impossible if this last thing were not true. Number five, Jesus is with us. In verse 20, Lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Wow. We are given a hefty command by God himself, but we are not left alone in this task. This task is no longer impossible because the very one who has given us the command is equipping us to be able to fulfill it. In fact, Jesus says earlier in his life here on earth before he died in John 16, 7, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter who will not, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. See, it's, it was good that Jesus was going away because he was sending the Holy Spirit to us so that we might be able to actually fulfill this command. That's the comforter, the Holy Spirit. We see it in John 16, 13 through 14 as well. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Jesus has given us his spirit living inside of us to show us and teach us and guide us in his truth so that we are equipped in order to be able to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with other people. We are not left alone to accomplish this insurmountable task of sharing the gospel to all nations. No, we have been given the all-powerful spirit living inside of us to make what is impossible possible. We need not fear. We must simply obey. Remember, this isn't a suggestion. This is a command given to all who believe to go out and share the good news. And wouldn't you want to? I hope you want to. I hope you want to share the good news. If, if I mean, when we had our baby, man, that was, that was great news. I wanted to share it with everybody. I still want to share it with everybody. I love my son. I love sharing what, what he does, even if it's just the stupidest things. To me, it's precious. To me, it's amazing. When he just babbles on, he said something earlier. I have no idea what it was. But I, I just I wish I had it on tape so I could show you guys tonight. Because I, it's, it's, it's awesome. I love him. If you really love your Lord and Savior, you would have that same inert desire to share the gospel of Jesus, the good news of what he did for you. He robbed you from the grave. He bought you with a price, and that price was his life. So the task has been given. Share the gospel to everybody. Leave no stone unturned. But how do we do it? Well, before we lay out a plan, I want to remind you of 
why I am preaching on this tonight. Part of my job description as a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's one of my favorite passages and and reminds me constantly to uh, keep my eyes focused on the task ahead of me. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 is where we see this. Now, this isn't the only job description, um, but it is certainly part of what we are called to do as pastors. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says this, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Equipping or perfecting, depending on what trans translation you're reading there, really means to make adequate, adequate, to furnish completely. So part of my job is not only to share the gospel, but to help everyone else be equipped to share the gospel as well, to equip, to make you fully adequate to share the gospel. Part of a pastor's job is to give the congregation the tools necessary to do the work of the ministry as you walk out from here. This is certainly a huge part of our ministry is just being here together and worshiping and sitting under the word. But as we go out from here, each and every one of us are called and commanded to share the gospel, to adequately furnish, to give you the tools necessary to be effective in doing your part in the ministry. This with the unfortunate reality that many simply do not or do not know how or are worried to share the gospel in some way has led me to this message this evening. And I just want to show you one simple way. There's a lot of ways to share the gospel. Romans Road, um, even just as simple as John 3.16, you can use anything from God's word to share the gospel. Tonight, I want to show you the gospel by color. This is one of my favorites. This was a tool I used at camp, at BBS, in youth ministry, on missions trips, to share the gospel with kids, adults, teenagers alike. There is no age limit to the gospel by color. There is no age limit to the gospel. So the, the method by which you bring it about doesn't matter. The gospel by color is an easy way to share Jesus, unless you are colorblind. And if that's the case, uh, then I would use the Romans road. The gospel by color is not going to work. I'll be in grayscale. Um, I, I have run into that problem before, uh, so you just got to switch gears real fast. And, uh, but otherwise, for the most part, you can use the gospel by color. Growing up, we used uh, the colors black, red, white, green, and yellow. Uh, these were, were kind of the common colors. However, in recent years, as I have researched and looked for uh, gospel bracelets recently, they've taken uh, the color black off and they've stopped calling it sin. They stopped saying that sin entered the world. Instead, it's sadness, and it's just bleh, um, which uh, <laughs> is not good because that, that, that really leaves out a vital part of needing a Savior, that we sinned. We broke God's command. Tonight, I'm going to give you something just a little bit different that I hope is a bit more complete and hopefully just as easy to understand and remember and how to use it. You can take notes. I encourage it. Um, and also, our students are going to be handing out little keychains or bracelets, depending on what you want to do with them, after the service so that you can have a visual reminder, wherever you're at, of what those colors are. 
Um, I used to wear a gospel bracelet all the time. It had a little bit different colors than what we're giving you guys tonight. Um, but I got to carry it with me wherever I go. And when I worked at the hospital, it started a lot of conversations as a transporter. People in, in, in the hospital beds, people in wheelchairs, my coworkers, I had the opportunity to share the gospel just because they saw a bracelet. Hey, what does that bracelet mean? Boom, there's your opportunity. If you are one of the people, and I have been one of these people that complained about not having enough opportunities to share the gospel, this is going to create opportunities for you. So this is something you can carry with you wherever you go, but let's get into it. The first color is white. This color is typically used after red uh, to represent the washing and the cleansing of the blood of Jesus in our life, but here we're going to give it a little bit of a different meaning. White here is to represent creation before the fall. Our origin story is a crucial part of the gospel. After all, God did include it in the Bible for us to learn from. In Genesis 1.31, we see what God calls this creation. Turn all the way back to the first book, first chapter, last verse of the first chapter. It says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. The evening and the morning were the sixth day. In the beginning, God created a very good creation. This very good creation came from an all-powerful, very good God. As such, we as his creation are subject to him and his authoritative rule over us. Think of a painting. A painter has the authority to tell you what that painting means and how that painting is best represented. So too does our God, as the one who created us, have the authority to tell us what is best, how it best functions, and remember, he is a very good God. So his very goodness determines also his rule and that his rule is also very good. He is not a harsh uh, God. He is a loving God. God. White represents perfect creation and perfect relationship with this perfect God. Following the account in Genesis, looking over to verse or chapter 3, this perfect creation unfortunately didn't last very long, which is where we get to the color black. This color represents sin. Sin, if you don't know what that is, is disobedience toward God. Breaking his rule by not doing what he has told us to do or by doing what he has told us not to do. Sin entered the world in Genesis 3, but it did not end there. We are all affected by sin, which is why Romans 3.23 says what it does. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And why is this bad? Why is it bad that we fall short of the glory of God? Well, Romans 6.23 gives us that answer. For the wages of sin is death. Sin is deserving of death. God makes that clear not just in Romans 6.23, but throughout all of Scripture. The end of that verse is our hope, though, that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What we deserve for our sin is death, but like the second half of this verse declares, we are not hopeless, which leads us to the next color, red which represents the blood that was shed for us by Jesus. Turn with me to Romans 5, verses 8 through 10. 
But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Despite our sin, God loves us enough to send His Son to die and to shed His blood that we may be justified and through that justification have eternal life, which we will get into when we get to the color yellow here in a bit. But by Jesus, by His shedding of blood, by His perfect sacrifice, we can be forgiven. That is the crooks the good news. Not all are, however, which is unfortunate. That's why we have the next color, blue. Blue represents faith. As DJ talked about this morning in Ephesians 2, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And what is this faith like? How do we see it? How do we know we have it? Well, Romans 10.9 tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It is a grace that we are able to have that faith. It is grace that we are able to be saved through faith. The moment of faith changes us from destined for death to destined for eternal life with our Lord. We go from guilty of sin to free from sin in an instant. How wonderful is that? That is good news that Jesus bought for us forgiveness. Eternal life is wonderful. But carrying the weight of our sin for eternity is awful. Jesus purchased us from that. This leads us to our fifth color, gray. Now, I know this might be an odd color to see here, but hear me out on why I've included it, besides the fact that it is my favorite color. The moment we accept Christ as our Savior, we are made white as snow. We are cleaned. Every sin, past, present, future is wiped away. When God looks at us positionally before him, he sees Jesus' blood having washed away our sins. Because Christ was sinless and worthy, we who are in Jesus Christ are also made worthy. The reality of this life, however, is that until we die and are absent from our bodies and present with the Lord, we are still on earth. We're still here. I believe a lot of people neglect to communicate that we will still be here, that we will still see the effects of sin on our life while we remain. We don't just, boom, as soon as we accept Jesus, get taken out of this earth. Otherwise, we really wouldn't be able to share the gospel, would we? But we have been left here on earth for a time. And so I felt the need to incorporate gray because we are simply getting a glimpse of the coming glory here and now. We look forward to the redemption of our bodies. We look forward to eternity with Jesus without sin and without pain, without suffering. And so gray is here to represent the moment that we are in as believers, pure and preserved and holy before God positionally, but still living with the effects of sin in our life. Still living in this sin-stained, wretched world. There's a lot to this. There's a lot more than I can cover tonight. Um, but we have begun to cover this a little bit on Wednesday nights, talking about sanctification 
Now we have been sanctified, but are also being sanctified at the same time. So I would encourage you to come out to that this Wednesday to hear the second half of that. However, I leave this passage to show you that this is true. Jesus' prayer for his his disciples in John 17 and also for us, uh, it says in verses 16 through 18 of John chapter 17, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. We are sent into the world. We are still here. We are not just taken out, but we are sent, protected by the Holy Spirit that has sealed us. But we are here, and we have a job to do while we are here. This leads us to green. That while we were here, while we are still here on this earth, we are to be growing in our faith and making new life through being used by God to show Jesus to the world. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, we have a pretty core passage um, of Scripture. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We are called to get into God's Word because in there, in this book, is the key to living a life that is reflective of Jesus Christ. All we need to live obediently in this life is to be found right here in His Word. This is the key to growing in our faith. If we don't get into God's Word, we're not going to be growing in our faith. We need His Word, and by grace, He has given it to us. So use it. And as already been said tonight, we must also share the gospel. Green is to also represent our mission before us. That we are to share, plant seeds, and water, and God will give the growth. The last color is yellow. Our eternity in heaven is what yellow represents. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this eternal life will be entirely and eternally free from sin. This is what we look forward to as followers of Jesus, as ones who have been sealed with his spirit. Heaven is described by, uh, by John in Revelation 21.4, where it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are past away. Free from sin, death, and sorrow. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to spend eternity with our Savior with our sins wiped away and sin overall wiped away, never under the effect of sin again? We look forward to this day and hope to see everyone that we share the good news with there with us. We hope to be able to sing side by side praises to our God and King. So the last thing is yellow. The testimony is the the last thing that is not represented on this keychain. However, could be thought of as the thread that runs through it all. We bring what God has done for us to the table to share with everybody. The last bit, like I said, doesn't have a color, but I hope that it will remind you, the string will remind you that you are part of the story. You are not the central character. 
We are not the center of the gospel. Jesus is. This is all about Jesus. But we have a part in the redemptive story. My testament, your testament to the gospel's effect in our own lives can and will impact someone else's faith. Tell them what Jesus did for you and what it means to you. Are you, are you joyful in the Lord? Do they see that? Do you tell them that? That, man, I, I don't have to live with guilt anymore. I don't have to live with that pain. I don't have to live with that. Share what Jesus did for you. You share along with Scripture what God has done for you, not just your own story, but show them from the Word of God what He has done for you and partner with it what He did in your life personally. I want to leave you with this in closing as we head into our uh, invitation time. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now that we've been here tonight together, you know what to do, why to do it, and one way how. As we go into our invitation, as Ramona comes up to play, um, we're going to sing a song. And I want you to ask yourself, now that I know what to do, now that I know how to do it, will I? Will you do it? Will you share the gospel? It's a command. It's the same as being kind to our love, loving to our neighbors and all the other commands that God has given us in Scripture. But it's one we typically neglect for some odd reason. Don't let it be one you neglect today. Don't, be one it, don't, don't let it be one that you neglect tomorrow. Ask yourself, will you do it? And if you need reminded of the strength you have in Christ, you can come forward and pray. One of the deacons, pastors, will be here to pray with you. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, man, there is no better time than the present to receive the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Let's pray, and then we'll sing a hymn. And feel free to come as we sing. Lord God, I thank you for another evening that we could gather. Lord, I thank you for your word that has shown us the way, the truth, and the life, your Son, Jesus. Lord, there is no other way by which man can be saved besides Jesus. Lord, if there's somebody here who has never accepted you as Savior, has never confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in their heart that God raised him from the dead, Lord, I pray today would be that day that they would come forward and talk to one of us so that we might be able to share with them how they ought to accept Christ as their Savior. Lord, we love you. We praise you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. What, what love you had for us even while we were sinning. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, that's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior and would like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. We hope to see you soon, and until next time, stay faithful.